and you listen to Dice and Sights. You're listening to Dice and Slice. Let's get on with the show. Today we're going to do a review of The Fall of Plague Stone. Now, The Fall of Plague Stone was one of, if not the first, adventures that came out for Pathfinder 2nd Edition, and it's the first standalone, uh, meaning it's not a part of an adventure path or long, drawn-out adventure. It's very straightforward. It's good for a group of beginners, mostly. Um, And I've ran it three or four times now with different groups, and so I've learned it pretty well and today we're going to talk about that so let me start with there will be spoilers so if you plan to uh, participate as a player in this uh, i would probably skip this video Um, if there's enough demand i might make a non-spoily version of these but right now i want to talk in depth about some of the mechanics and things that are in it that uh, i really enjoyed so First off, when you get the book, you'll notice, and this is at the end of all of the uh, adventures now, is a new thing called the Adventure Toolbox. Now, my background is 5e, or at least D&D. I didn't do a lot of Pathfinder First Edition, but man, these Adventure Toolboxes they have really spoil me now. So they are a set of man, everything a GM or a DM would want in an adventure. So they have... Uh, NPC intros, they have the special rules or items in the game, uh, creatures, uh, key background and story bits for certain areas, um, maps of, of towns and town information and buildings and so forth. It's just an amazingly condensed, well put together back end of a system that is, in my opinion, one of the best things about uh, second edition and it keeps me like when i look back now at like my five edition books 5e books i i think wow these are kind of a lot harder to run uh so anyway that is at the back of the book that's called the adventure toolbox and uh next up we have kind of the the beginning or the front matter that it's called and it has some maps that you'll need um there's you know for being a smaller adventure i think you'll end it at level uh, four, I believe, is the like you'll finish and you'll be four. Um, there's a good number of of dungeon crawls and they're they're pretty satisfying. Uh, the intro gives you kind of like okay, this is what the the story is about, and I'm not going to get into specifics, uh, but basically, a uh, quick recap: high level is you're a group of uh, adventurers or bodyguards on a caravan. You're coming to a small town. Things go bad uh you end up get caught up into a larger issue in the area there's a kind of a bad past with the town and you end up trying to kind of right the wrong with it and uh take out somebody that's trying to destroy the town and you really get invested into the town really if the dm really plays up the town and the people in it you can really form good attachments to it uh, if you have good background or backstory for your players, you can really hook them in there, make them really care about the town, and uh, give them a real good reason to save it and not just say, all right, peace out. But uh, that's uh, the town is great. Um, it's basic, but it's it's 
pretty great. Uh, a lot of turnips, uh, a lot of random miscellaneous things you can kind of play with with the players. And once the players actually get to town, that's when things really get uh, interesting. Although the intro does start uh, with combat. So it's kind of a good get your feet wet with the system. And combat in this, I will say, is hard. Uh, you got to be careful with your players, especially first timers. Uh, don't be afraid to throw in some NPCs from the initial caravan fight uh, to run over and help if need be. Um, and later on down the road that we'll get to, we'll talk about that as well. So after the intro little uh, caravan battle, you make it to town and that's when things really start to get interesting. Uh, it's kind of a lot, especially for a new dungeon master, maybe to there's a lot of NPCs to kind of throw in a lot of important segments that need to happen in a kind of a certain uh, timeline. And uh, basically there's a murder. It looks like an accident, but there's a murder uh, on one of your caravan people. And it's really important to set the scene of that murder murder because it really becomes a whodunit type of mystery. And you have to make sure that the key players you at least mention so they have some clues on what to do. And after that initial murder goes down, you really have to kind of play out the the hunting around town and learning NPCs and learning the history of the place and and uh, figuring things out. There's a couple weird things they kind of throw in like one of the little side quest is taking an old guy on a walk and even with all of my groups i managed to get every one of them to go on that walk with the old man but there was a few that are like why are we wasting our time with this when we're trying to solve a murder um so kind of as a dm i'd recommend throwing some extra plot hooks or rewards in there uh, potentially from delma the uh, tavern owner and uh, and kind of go with that to try to get them out there because those they have a lot of nice little side missions um, where you're fighting like random animals around the town. And one of the things that they at least that I might not remember reading it is they don't really mention why you're fighting all these really weird animals. And a good plot hook for that is there are corruptions happening in the woods called blights and uh you can kind of play up that like like the animals are being driven mad or driven out of their natural areas and so forth um so i'd really recommend that to kind of help explain why they're fighting um random boars and stuff that are going nuts in town there's a fun little mini game once you kind of figure out who who done it uh it's a little goblin go figure that kind of was forced into a situation and there's a neat little mini game where you have to do this chase and all of my players really liked this uh, if you set the scene and you throw in some good music you do a whole bunch of skill checks uh, to get through this chase where you start to get closer or he starts to get farther away and so forth and, and eventually when you catch him it kind of makes it more rewarding and potentially even funny if some of the players are slipping and falling in mud or uh, getting bit by dogs as they run through backyards and stuff and so there's there's some fun interaction with that and once you figure out why the goblin did what he did it really sets you towards your first dungeon crawl and that's going after um the hideout of kind of the ruffian guy 
in town and he and that really sets the scene um and continues the story forward of, of what's going on and so um this uh Holland's or hallard or however you want to say it's hideout is kind of a it's not too terribly long but it turns into a little cavern uh dungeon crawl and there's some cool creatures you fight in there uh there's like this water lightning serpent thing that's pretty cool um and then the fight uh with the actual the boss is is pretty cool they throw in some traps to kind of make it uh interesting and what i really love about it is having a single fight in like dnd 5e is extremely rough if not impossible you got to throw in lair actions you got to throw in legendary actions you got to up their hp you got to do all this stuff whereas in here with pathfinder second edition you can easily do boss fights once that hard boss fight is over the game really kind of loosens up into more of a kind of a free-for-all do whatever you want type of thing um, it actually kind of becomes hard for the players to kind of figure out um, where to go you have to really dm direct them by introducing this new ranger character that uh, kind of shows up out of the blue so i'd recommend teasing her through delma earlier in the adventure and uh, she leads you to these blights that are scattered around the forest the first blight is barely a blip <laughs> uh, sorry um yeah, the first blight is it's just tiny little area, a little tree that you kind of go in, but you fight these plants. And I actually had a player die here, but don't worry, it was like a voluntary death. They were wanting to uh, switch up what they were doing. They had a lower reason that was wanting them to, to jump characters. And so um, she got downed anyway, and so she decided to just not use hero points or or anything to save her and let herself go but the these vines uh these little plant things have like these these cool vine whips and and i'll get into this more but man the monsters in 2e are so fun to play as the dm man going back and forth between 5e and and pathfinder second edition the 5e monsters just look like bags of health 90 percent of the time that don't do anything tank and spank multi-attack blah 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 these two e monsters are amazing uh, i mean you got to move with the tactics and you got to use actions to kind of get in position and stuff but then you can really let loose with awesome unique uh, vine whips and grapples and poisons and and just a whole bunch of different things that you, you'll have to go read the stat blocks they're they're pretty cool and so once you get through the first blight it's basically a dead end and they're like oh well guess we should go to the second blight and that one is called the uh, the pin i believe yeah the pin and there is actually a pretty good little crawl you fight some more vine creatures you fight these random creatures that have been experimented on you fight some orcs um and then you fight the sculptor who is like a uh, kind of a precursor to like the end villain that you're gonna fight and uh he does a lot of alchemy type of stuff which leads me into talking about alchemy if you're running this adventure you should have an alchemist because there are so many alchemy related things in here i think pathfinder or paizo really went into 
hey, you know, D&D doesn't really have an alchemist uh, artificer doesn't really count. And uh, we're going to really push that. And so, I mean, there's alchemy supplies, there's alchemy items that they can get. So, man, if you have an alchemist, you're that person's set for a while. Uh, anyway, so you get through that. Uh, at the end of the pen, you get through this. You fight this really cool. It's like this big blob of blood. It's like a big blood ooze thing. And it is, it's really fun. And uh, I think most of the time I stacked the sculptor with the blood ooze. And it uh, it was very, very challenging fight. But the players really enjoyed it. Really puts them on edge the whole time. And uh, overall, I really liked the pin. I thought it was a nice step up in the design of like a, the dungeons are starting to get a little bit bigger at this point. And it jumps you off into the final part, which is uh, Villery's Lair. So the main bad guy in this game is named Villery. And a lot of the times, the first time I ran this, I did not really play her up as like cartoon Saturday morning evil villain. And uh, I almost regret that I didn't because they almost sided with her. Like they almost could say, yeah, you know what? she was kind of wronged and these people in this town were kind of bad. Um, they were also the group that had probably done the least interaction with the town. So they didn't have a, a good method um, or a good reason to continue working with them. And I fixed that with later groups. And so that's why I really recommend building that connection with the town, working together type of thing, because Villery, she has a legit reason to be upset at the town. She was shunned. Her mother died. Um, nobody helped her. Nobody helped her mother. Um, she's basically shunned out of town and her mother did nothing but try to help her. So it's kind of like a, I could really see her kind of turning into a anti-hero type of thing, but she kind of ruins that when she decides to destroy the whole town and kill everybody in it. And uh, at that point, it's usually too far gone to, to save her. And I haven't had a group save her yet. I'll, Four times I ran it, they ended up uh, taking her out. So uh, her lair is called Spite's Cradle, and it is a good dungeon romp. And it's actually pretty long. And so I've seen a few groups, um, I think one of mine as well, where they had to actually stop and go long rest and come back because just getting through the amount of content at level three, I believe at this point, is pretty rough. Um, you really want to conserve those spell slots, use those items and potions that you found, really use everything to, to get through it. So once you get down deep into the basement layers of her um, main area, you get down to like this main laboratory area and, and so forth. And there is a amazingly detailed, horrible looking monster called the Amalgram that has like five or six different arms and like a weird tail. It's basically a mix of creatures. This thing is awesome and nasty at the same time, but it can provide a really cool fight for the players. Um, and after that, it really kind of leads them again through a little bit of a section of a cave, which through some less awesome bats, uh, but it leads to this awesome. I said awesome a lot, but it leads to this amazing uh, final confrontation with Villery and uh, and it's a, it's a great set piece. There's like this 
rushing water underneath and a little bridge uh, coming over. I think it's called like the Emerald Depths of where you're fighting. And she created these behemoths. And if you have six players or more, I recommend throwing in another behemoth. You might want to um, math calculate that out, the, um, uh, the encounter balance stuff. But I think if I remember right, when I ran it with six players, I could add another behemoth in there for the same uh, difficulty level for six players. And uh, it wasn't too much form. And it provides a great fight. Villery has a really cool crossbow that she can do her alchemical stuff from range on. Uh, although she kind of starts farther away, so she'll take that uh, negative two to her attacks for uh, the distance, if you keep her at distance, while the behemoths kind of block the choke point of the bridge and try to throw people off. And if they get thrown off, they're in trouble. I think I did have one player get thrown off, and I uh, ad-libbed some checks to be able to have them get out before they were swept away. Um all my players, as I said before, did end up uh, killing Villery, so there was no redemption arcs or anything. But just make sure, as a DM, she gets her final little, ha heroes, it's too late. I've already sent my minion to go destroy the town, blah, 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 because that sends you towards the final part of the adventure, which is the race to save Etrin's Folly. So at this point, the players know that they have to hurry up and get back to town. And there is usually some discussion of, oh, man, we're wounded. Let's wait and heal up. Oh, do we have time? And the book does a really good job of telling you, um, OK, if they wait this long, this is what happens. The enemy is further along. If they go this pace, they can catch them here. And there's definitely advantages to hurrying, um, although they're not totally penalized if they wait. Uh, a little bit through they wait too long well might be game over towns lost heroes lose uh, but i never had that happen out of the four times i ran it all of them were able to rush back in town stop the villain they're basically rushing to this plague stone trying to stick a ring into it set off this final explosion that takes out of the enemies and uh destroy the town and um they were able to do it so at this point heroes have saved the town and there is a little bit of uh at the end some final things the dm can do not much but you can do a little celebration with the town it's i think it's kind of cool i did it all four times to have the town out there witnessing this final struggle of the players trying to stop this creature from destroying everybody um maybe even have like an epic like spider-man 2 moment where they're all throwing themselves in there to try to save the town as well. Uh, do a little redemption arc for the town. Um, and there are some items that you're rewarded if you want to keep playing with the characters. If you're not going to keep playing with the characters, you probably don't need to get into all this. There's like all these like gems or rings or uh, amulet stuff that you can get that I want to go into big detail giving the players all the specifics of what they do if they're not going to be continuing the characters. However, if they are, there's some pretty unique items and it's really fun for the players to kind of divvy up who gets what. And there should be enough, unless you have like over six players, I think you have enough for for everybody. Um, although some are better than others. So at this point, the heroes save the day. They got their items. Uh, there's a lot of room for the DM to kind of continue the story or um, to have them complete their initial journey of where they were going and kick off a whole new 
uh, adventure for the players. They're now at level four or five, I believe, and they can kind of continue off and, and do whatever you want. It's also maybe served as a good introduction, which is what I've done almost every time, and then lead into something more longer like Age of Ashes or Extinction Curse or um, any of the, really any of the APs. And there is a, there is another uh, standalone adventure that starts at five, although lore-wise how you get them there might need a little tweaking as it's, I believe, a, a ways away. So as an overall recap for the adventure, I will say I'm very satisfied with it. It's a good base to kind of start with Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Gives you a small town, so you don't have to worry about big city problems like, hey, why don't all the guards handle this? Why do I have to? Um, good characters, although they may be a little boring if they're not totally fleshed out, but honestly, it's kind of realistic. I mean, they're, you know, turn up farmers in a small town. They don't see a lot of action or adventure, and that's where the players come in. So overall, I really like this adventure. I will say it is difficult, and the players need, they don't need to min-max or do anything. You can beat it with anybody, but the DM does need to maybe sometimes non-optimally use the, the monsters, uh, have them move an extra time, have them stride instead of step uh, to get an attack of opportunity uh, if you have a fighter or, or a champion or something like that that has it really kind of play into the the character's strengths to let them learn the system even if you're familiar with the system its challenge will actually provide a good value for the players and it gives a lot of open-ended hooks to kind of go wherever you want so if you really wanted to homebrew but you didn't know how to start or you wanted to start at a higher level this is a great introduction in a good area of the world of galarian to kind of start your adventure and go in, in any direction you want, but giving your players a home base, per se. So overall, I think Paizo did an uh, amazing job, really, with this adventure. It's one of my favorite uh, in comparison to 5e's um, Fandolin, Lost Minds of Fandelver adventure. I mean, I've ran that one tons of times since it came out as well. And although I feel that that one is longer maybe if you kind of flesh it all out i would say that i actually like this one more uh, because there's more variety of what you're doing there is more the combats are harder even with the 5e version i feel like there is the combat can get boring or there's not a lot going on or it's repetitive you're fighting the same things over here it seems like you're always fighting something new you're always getting new items you're getting gold you're getting some upgrades. Uh, there's always improvement to look forward to. You're leveling at a decent pace. Uh, although I will say, and that's just part of the system, you can do a lot more at level one than you can in 5e. So you stay level one a lot longer. But once you get going, it feels like it. you start leveling up pretty quick. Uh, so overall, I would rate this adventure as a uh, A- minus if I had to give it a a school grade. Uh, and that's only because the difficulty in some areas may be a little overtuned. Uh, it's the first adventure and you can, you can kind of tell 
in some of the things, but overall, I don't think there's anything in it that is game breaking, anything in it that uh, would warrant a, a massive change from a DM, uh, unless you're trying to go to a certain direction or play towards a certain background. There's really good, there's a couple good side quests in the adventure that you can use as well. Uh, and overall, I mean, it may not be perfect in all regards, but man, it's. It's pretty close, I think. So uh, that's my that's my review for Fall of Plaguestone. If let me know if you guys want me to do other ones that are non-spoily related, so more people can hear it. Uh, I'm not doing this for money or anything like that. I'm doing it just because I love the community. I love Paizo. I love Pathfinder. I love tabletop RPGs and. Uh, I'm kind of just do it in my free time as I get beat up from the kids. I run over here and record a few segments. So uh, let me know if you guys like it. I'll keep doing it. Next up, we have uh, some Age of Ashes stuff I'm planning to do. Uh, and then we also have some... I'm not going to get into like character builds or anything like that because I think there's enough players that do that. But I am going to do some 5e comparisons since that's my background. It seems to be what people like to talk about right now. Uh, but I think next up directly is going to be playing over Discord. Uh, the term play by post, even though it's not posting like it is in the day. That's something I've been doing a lot of for years now. And uh, I really want to push that here going forward. So thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Dyson Slice. Special thanks to Paizo for uh, working with us and providing content and, and supplies and everything Pathfinder, Starfinder related. Uh, they're a great company. I recommend everybody support them. Special thanks to all the fans for all the support that, uh, and time that you take to listen to us. Once again, we don't do this for money. We do it because uh, we love the community. Peace out. Keep rolling your natural 20s. Thank you.